The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. And now it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. Thursday morning to you. Hello there. How's it going? Heath Klein in for Buck today. Glad you could be hanging out with me. We've got an hour together. We want to make sure we make the most of it. Buck will be back with you tomorrow. Got a little personal thing that he needs to take care of today. And so you got me for the next hour. Then, of course, you got Nick and Chris doing what they do so well. And Chuck and Chernoff after them. Again, big thanks to the folks from the locker room for taking care of things here. Getting the morning started. Of course, a lot of things to talk about football-wise, and you look at what's going on right now. Man, you got a lot of people out there pushing the agenda. Justin Fields to the Falcons. A lot of people right now. Just this morning alone, the betting line. And I, I, who's betting on this, by the way? Like seriously, what, what would you be basing your your picks on, unless you are either a member of an NFL front office? Or you're like somebody working for an agent. Like, what are you just, just this is what I'd like to see happen? Like, what, what would you be basing that pick on? I have no idea. But there are some people who genuinely take movements in the betting lines on things like this seriously. So for what it's worth, up to negative 425 means to, to, to bet on Justin Fields to be the next quarterback of the Falcons. Right now, this morning, you got to throw down 425 bucks just to win a hundred bucks and your money back if you're right. So right now you've got a, a whole surge of people pushing the idea that that's where this is going, which on paper, you can see how it makes some sense. Obviously a connection to the area, athletic player, guy that hasn't been used right by the Bears. But at the same time, you look at the offense that you're planning to run and it's not an offense to a large extent that seems like what Justin Fields is most comfortable with. So it, it's a fascinating situation, but for what it's worth, there's at least a belief right now out there from somebody who's moving the lines that something might be cooking with the Falcons and with Fields. So everybody's going to be tracking that all day. Had a, a rumor out of Chicago yesterday, the idea that uh, supposedly the Falcons had engaged and they were the favorites to do it. So I don't know if that's what's then steering the betting line along or what, but there's a lot going on that we will all be tracking all through the day right here on 6A The Fan and 93.7 FM. Of course, you can listen on the 6A The Fan app that is driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. We encourage you to make sure you get that downloaded. Don't forget also today, if you want to hear what's going on with the Braves in spring training, you can do that. Got the split squad today. Braves are hosting the Twins. Spencer Strider is going to be starting in that one. That is the game you can hear on the 680 The Fan app. And of course, Dylan Dodd gets the start as the other squad 
goes against Tampa Bay. So make sure that you download the 680 The Fan app. You can hear all the programming, but you can also hear the Braves specifically on that. So it's the Buck Blue Show. That means we got to do a big take. Buck's Big Take. So the NFLPA came out with report cards yesterday. I didn't know something the Falcons did was possible. I literally didn't know you could do this. So credit to the Falcons, I guess, for innovation. But this really isn't the way you want to do it. The Falcons got an F minus. I didn't even know that was possible to get an F minus in something. Oh, yeah, you can. I did it all throughout school. Oh, I got some Fs. I got some Fs. There's no doubt. I was taking a physics class. That was a terrible idea. Absolutely terrible. I didn't even need to take the class. But I took physics. But I didn't commit to physics. And so it wasn't going so great. They come to me and they say, hey, uh, we're not sure you're going to be able to graduate high school. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I've got my credit. Like, oh, okay. Well, never mind then. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was on my way to an F right there in physics. But I didn't ever get an F minus. I didn't know that was a thing. But it turns out it is. And it turns out the Falcons got one. The NFLPA report cards come out. 25th out of 32 is where the Falcons go. If you're not familiar with these report cards, they survey all the players. And then the NFLPA compiles the responses and puts them out. And it's fascinating to see how it's not as simple as, well, you're a bad team, so you get a bad report card, or you're a good team, so you get a good report card. In fact, one of the organizations that had a worse report card top to bottom than the Falcons was the Chiefs, who were 31st. So it's not as simple as just are you good on the field or not. But this stuff does matter. It's important because in a league where you are going to be trying to sign free agents— where you are trying to convince guys, we will treat you well. This is the right place for you. Being in the bottom quarter of the league is not acceptable. Now, to their credit, the Falcons are already working on addressing some of the things they scored poorly in. The locker room got an F. That's not our locker room. That's the Falcons' locker room. They got an F, 29th out of 32 in the league. Weight room, 31st. And strength coaches, 32nd, and that's the F minus. If you were the worst in the league, you get an F minus. Seriously, like, what were these guys doing, these strength coaches? Like, are, are, you, are you telling people to do things on purpose the wrong way? Are you, are you, like, punching guys in the gut when they're trying to do a lift? How do you get to the point where you're F minus? Strength coaches are gone. So that's been addressed. Weight room, locker room, they're working on. So presumably... Those things will rise. Uh, but, but some of these, you just shake your head. How many times did we hear last year the idea that Arthur Smith was somebody that the players liked? Maybe the fans were a little sour on Arthur Smith. Maybe people in the media didn't like him because of the way he carried himself. But he had the locker room at his back. They liked him. They got him. They understood him. C+. plus. He said, well, C plus, I mean, that's passing. That's okay. No, 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 not really. 19 head coaches got an A or an A minus. Most teams liked their head coaches. A or A minus for 19 guys, B or B minus for 10 more. So if if you got a B minus, you were in the bottom quarter of the NFL. C plus for Arthur Smith. The only two coaches in the league who got a lower rating than Arthur Smith Ron Rivera and the departed Josh McDaniels. 
So I don't think there was anybody around who was still saying, ah, man, should have given Arthur Smith another year. If you were, one more piece of evidence that, no, there was really no need to do that. The players are telling you, yeah, we might not say anything publicly. We might not have hated the dude, but we didn't think much of him either. 30th to 32nd. And again, that's been dealt with. So next year, with a guy in Raheem Morris coming in from the outside that by reputation typically is well-loved in his locker room, maybe he'll be one of those guys getting an A or an A-. minus. Maybe next year the Falcons will be in the top half of the league just by fixing what they need to fix. The fact that ownership gets an A- minus and ninth, that tells you something. But at the same time, you say, okay, well, now wait a minute. If Arthur Blank and ownership are listed as A-, minus, and yet its treatment of families is a C, food and cafeteria is a C, training room is a B-, minus, team travel is a C, do they think that somebody else is responsible for that stuff besides Arthur Blank? Whatever the answer is, they got to address it. You don't have to be an A in everything. No one's going to be an A in everything when it comes to the NFL. There's always going to be some stuff that players would want improved. You have got to get to at least the top 10 to 15. There's just no reason you shouldn't be able to do that. You've got plenty of financial resources. You've got an owner that has shown he will spend because that's one of the knocks on the Chiefs. Andy Reid's the highest rated head coach in the league, and the players are basically saying, Love Andy Reid, love the coaches, pretty much hate everything else. The Chiefs literally promised their players they were going to renovate the meeting rooms. And you know what their idea of a renovation was? They put in chairs with backs. For real. That's what they did. So that's why the Chiefs are 31st, because they're basically saying, we're working our tail off, we're winning championships, and this owner is this owner's a cheapo. You're not treating us with a whole lot of respect here. In Tampa Bay, the Bucks owners got a D minus because it turns out on the road, they're telling guys, hey, if you don't want a roommate on the road, you're going to have to pay $1,750. The Bucks are owned by guys who are billionaires. And you're telling a player if he doesn't want to have to have some dude snoring in the other bed, he's got to cough up $1,750? I mean, you could... Do it. You can justify it if you really, really want to. But it goes back to common sense. How your organization treats guys gets talked about around the league. Is there somebody who's going to sign or not sign with Tampa Bay just off of that detail? Probably not. Just like there's guys with the Chargers. Child care. Most teams provide child care and they don't charge for it. The Chargers, they do. $75 for the first kid, $50 for the second kid. Can you justify it? Yeah. It's a service we're providing, but we don't have to, and someone has to be paid to do it, so we're charging you rather than pay for it ourselves. You could justify it, but whatever amount of money you're you're getting to balance out that expense is less than what you're going to make from one suite for one game. Is that really worth antagonizing your players, giving them something to feel negative about when you have to go into the market and try and sign guys on the open market. It's just dumb. So if you're the Falcons, again, you you might not personally care, and I don't blame you, exactly what the condition is of their locker room. But this stuff does matter. And there were some warning signs last year with a year removed, haven't improved enough. Now, maybe this new wave picks it up. There's no excuse when these rankings come out in 2025. No excuse 
for the Falcons not to be on the right side of the line. Cincinnati, the details in this thing on Cincinnati, they're saying like half their toilets don't work, that the plumbing is so bad that apparently they don't get warm water out of the showers a lot of the time and most of the showers don't work either. Like if, if you were a player like Jesse Bates and you know that's your experience and you're looking to sign somewhere else, you're going to care about that stuff. Now, he obviously saw and heard enough good things. He signed with the Falcons. But it's already hard enough if you're Cincinnati to convince somebody on an open market, if you're in demand, hey, Cincinnati's where you'd like to be. It's nothing against Cincinnati. It's perfectly fine town. But for most NFL players, you know, there's probably a few things higher on the list that they're looking for for their day-to-day social life and activities than Cincinnati. So you're already going uphill, and you're making your life harder by not maintaining your facilities properly. It's just, it's dumb. If you're the Falcons, there's no excuse for not fixing it. We'll see whether or not they actually do that. There you go. There's the big take for this morning here on 6A The Fan and 93.7 FM. Again, quarterback watch is underway. Coming up, we're going to get into some of the details on who specifically is reported to be meeting with the top quarterbacks at the Combine. Falcons are among them, which is one reason why I wouldn't get carried away with whatever this Justin Fields odds shift and and hype on the idea, oh, Fields to Falcons, Fields to Falcons. It's been going on last 24 to 36 hours. I'd, I'd pump the brakes on that at least a little bit. Doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Some people are acting like it's going to happen any minute. I, it would seem, certainly seem that they're still doing their due diligence on all these young guys that they can. Now, you're limited on what you can do because some of the top guys aren't throwing. But you still are doing your due diligence, getting the information that you can in this group. We'll go over who else is looking. And there's one team that at least is being reported that they aren't that I think is really interesting, plus a truly unique skill set for one quarterback that I'm not sure you're going to be able to even show on TV if it's as described. We will explain. Coming up, you are listening to 6A The Fan and 93.7 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Feel ugliness? Don't think so. I'm gorgeous. It is 6 8 the fan, 937 FM. Heath Klein in for Buck Blue this morning. Buck will be back with you tomorrow. Hey, also, you know what's going on tomorrow? Starting March 1st, the Caesars Sportsbook app launches in North Carolina. Our partners at Harris Cherokee Casino want you to know that starting March 1st and only in North Carolina, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports with the Caesars Sportsbook app. There's no need to wait to sign up. You can download the Caesars Sportsbook app 
and pre-register so that when you cross the state line into North Carolina, you'll be ready. And hey, who knows? Maybe you can be uh, one of those folks who's lining up to throw some money down on the idea that Justin Fields is going to the Falcons over these next few days. I don't know. We'll see. But again, make sure you take advantage of the opportunity. Be pre-loaded and ready to go. So when you head in to North Carolina, you can take advantage. All right. So the quarterback derby is on. There's too many teams that need a quarterback and not enough quarterbacks. It looks like there are top quarterbacks to go around. And so for what it's worth, these are the teams that are reported, in addition to the Falcons, to be meeting with the top quarterbacks at the Combine. So you're talking about three guys who aren't going to throw in May, in Jaden Daniels, and in Caleb Williams, and then some guys that are, including J.J. McCarthy, is probably the most touted of the bunch. Uh, The... Falcons are reportedly meeting with the quarterbacks. Also, Chicago, no surprise there. Washington, obviously. Minnesota, interesting. The Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, the Raiders, Seattle, and New Orleans. Now, a couple of things here. One, the fact that Seattle is doing it, no one has talked about Geno Smith, really, as a quarterback that could be available. He's under contract. They've paid him the money to keep him on the roster right now. The way their salary structure is set up, they probably can't move on from him this year. Probably can't do it. It's mathematically possible, but probably not practical. So I don't think Geno Smith becomes an available option, whether for the Falcons or anybody else who needs a quarterback in free agency. Right now, we still got to see whether or not Kirk Cousins re-signs with the Vikings, but the fact that the Vikings are... Looking into the young quarterbacks tells you it's not a settled question. They're going to need at some point to draft his replacement, but where they're drafting this year, you're not going to get one of the top quarterbacks. So if you're meeting with the top quarterbacks, that says you're at least still considering, well, should we try to be aggressive? Should we move up and go get a young top quarterback rather than take a guy second, third round, a J.J. McCarthy if he slips, uh, rather than do something like that? The fact that they're meeting with the top quarterbacks is interesting. Not listed in that group as reported by the NFL Network, the Broncos. Now, keep in mind, while Russell Wilson still is under contract, nobody thinks he's back. It's only a question of can they trade him to somebody or are they eventually just going to have to cut him and, and let him sign where he signs. But nobody thinks he's back. So if you are the Broncos, does this mean you are saying we're not getting a young quarterback. And if you think about it and you look at the history of Sean Payton, when did they ever take one in New Orleans? They drafted a third-round guy out of Colorado State. They signed Jameis Winston, who is sort of young still. He wasn't past the prime of his career years physically, at least. But when, under Sean Payton, did the Saints ever say, we have to address our quarterback position for the future, make any meaningful effort for the idea that one day Drew Brees will not play this position here. They never did. Fourth rounder on an Ian Book, third rounder on Garrett Grayson, that's about it. So it wouldn't be shocking if he's got his eye on somebody who's a veteran guy. The question is, again, who would that be? Is that Kirk Cousins? Does he already have a plan to say, I'm going to go grab him and he'll tape it together for me for a couple of years? But what he clearly does not seem to be doing, at least based on the actions, is really digging in on the young guys. So make of that what you will. As I mentioned, the young quarterbacks 
mostly the top ones are not throwing. The highest rated one publicly that is going to throw is J.J. McCarthy. Yesterday, his teammate, Mike Barrett, who is a linebacker in Michigan, addressed J.J. McCarthy and mentioned a specific, unique way of describing his skills. Yeah, he's the kind of player that, you know, that Patrick Mahomes type, that where, like, he can, yeah, you know, make a play at any moment. Like, you can't just sleep on it. You can't sleep on him when you think he's down, or you can't uh, he'll throw a ball out his, out his butt, for real. You know, like one of them. For real? I mean, that's impressive, I guess. Normally you have to go to Tijuana to see something like that. So that's impressive. Maybe Windsor. But, uh... Where do we put this on the skill set? Because we know about guys that can kneel at the 50-yard line and throw the ball through the goalpost on their knees. We know about those guys. Where, where does throw it out of his butt? What, where does that come down on the skill set list for quarterbacks? Um, McCarthy, it's fascinating because you read the breakdowns of McCarthy. And simultaneously, as you have people saying he could be in play, that if the Falcons needed a quarterback, had not been able to move up successfully, that at eight, he might be the best guy available and they might have to be serious about it. Or even that maybe somebody move ahead of the Falcons to try and, and grab McCarthy because so many teams need a quarterback that maybe somebody trades up and tries to get him before he could even get to eight. You read what people, respected people like Ted Wynn say, who are film study guys. And I would encourage you, read Ted Wynn's piece. If you have the athletic, he has tape breakdowns of McCarthy. He says, look, I've got him graded as a second rounder. Um, you know, he just hasn't thrown enough passes. He hasn't been asked to do enough stuff in that offense. Does that mean he can't do it? Well, not necessarily. But he just hasn't been asked to do it enough with the way that offense was just so conservative. The idea that that you're going to have some team, and I don't think it'll be the Falcons, but it could be, that some team is going to be that aggressive to say we have to move up to get that guy and we're going to bank our next three years on a guy that his teammates say, ah, you know, he can make a play. He's like a Patrick Mahomes, only without ever having demonstrated anywhere near as much ability on the field or having thrown anywhere near as many passes and certainly not ever having been asked to do much to rally. I mean, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a guy that might turn out to be a really good player for somebody. We just watched Brock Purdy play in the Super Bowl. So you can't possibly say... When you look at J.J. McCarthy, well, he couldn't turn into a fine NFL starter. You can't say that. There's tools there. There's possibility there. He's played in a pro-style system. But, man, when you've got a dude saying, I got him graded second rounder, and he's probably going top 10, that's where, if I'm the Falcons, I like the idea a whole lot more of getting somebody I know. Whether that's Fields, whether that's Cousins, whether that's Baker Mayfield, somebody else that no one sees coming that hits the market. It's just hard to feel good about the idea of investing the eighth pick in the draft or more into a guy with that many questions. And so to me, if you can get a veteran that you have any reason for faith in at all, go get the veteran. We'll see whether or not they do that. But again, they're, they're doing their diligence, even as the betting lines go crazy, insisting fields is going to be the thing. By the way, speaking of Kirk Cousins, He's doing his part to try and fit in for his next team. Kirk Cousins has got a titanium and gold grill. This is not a joke. He has gone out and gotten a titanium and gold grill. You remember he got a lot of attention for wearing the chains on the plane, you know, Kirko chains, they called him. 
Now it's Kirko Grills. He hasn't blinged it out yet, but the dentist tells TMZ he plans on blinging out the titanium and gold grills soon. So Kirk Cousins doing everything he can to fit into that next locker room if it's not going to be the Vikings locker room with his new persona of Kirko Grills. We'll see how that goes. Not sure that's going to wind up being an ATL, though. Uh, The NFL trade deadline may be moving back, by the way, which this makes a lot of sense. There is a proposal apparently from half a dozen teams. Falcons are not among them. No word as to how they'd feel about this. But the proposal would be to move the trade deadline back from week 8 to week 10. And you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. No other teams in the NFL are going to know that much about themselves at week 8, except for the very worst in the league. So if you stink, I mean, if you are absolutely awful, Okay, if you're one and seven, two and six, you're out of it. Otherwise, let's say you're three and five, but maybe you've already played more road than home games. At three and five, you could still convince yourself, hey, we're, we're two games out of the wild card or one game out of the wild card. We could still do this. Add two more weeks in, and you have a lot better picture of where you truly are. And if you look at other sports, In MLB, it's about 65%. In the NBA, it's about 65% of the season that are done when they have their trade deadline. In the NHL, it's all the way to 78% of the season's done when they have their trade deadline. It's always going to be hard to trade in the NFL just because the reality of things is you've only got so many guys that you could trade for that could seamlessly fit in and help a team. You know, maybe a cover corner here, a thumper linebacker there. Uh, maybe a wide receiver once in a while. But you're not going to be able to just make wholesale moves. It's a whole lot easier for Alex Anthopoulos to say, I need a lefty arm for the pin, I need an extra outfielder, go get them, and they'll fit in, than it is to try and midseason merge anybody in to an NFL roster. So I don't think you're ever going to see massive trade moves at the deadline, but it still seems like you give your teams a little more information a better chance to figure out where they are, and maybe a few more teams are willing to trade, which gives the teams that need something a better chance to find it. And one of the arguments against this was the idea that, well, this will get more teams to tank. Again, you can't really tank, not by getting rid of players. There's just only going to be so many teams that are willing to deal for a guy. I mean, are you telling me there's some team that has a starting quarterback that wouldn't have dealt him at week eight, but is going to deal him at week 10 and go out there and put a stiff in instead. Furthermore, we've literally seen that we've seen Philadelphia in the final game of the season, pull their starting quarterback and put a guy in anyway. It's not like you have to get a guy off your roster to try and tank. So I I just don't understand the argument against it. The argument for makes a lot of sense. So I don't know if it's going to happen. It'll be proposed, and next month apparently will be debated. But hopefully I think they should make the move. I think it would be better for everybody. Just more fun, too. Again, right now the trade deadline, for every time one guy like Montez Sweat that can actually play moves, a lot of times you're talking about nothing happening at all or like one guy. So more, to me, is better. So we'll see whether or not that happens. Also reportedly, by the way, They're looking at the idea of the XFL kickoff. I won't go into all the details. It's hard to explain on the air if you haven't seen it anyway. But look it up on YouTube, XFL kickoff. This year, the NFL, basically, the kickoff didn't exist. It was was a play that was just ceremonial. So they want to still have the kickoff matter, 
but they don't want the kickoff to be as violent and as dangerous as it has historically been in the game. And so the XFL came up with an interesting way of doing it that reduced the amount of momentum that people had as they went upfield, still incentivized the idea of doing returns. Apparently, they're now looking at that as something they may put in. I, I would be all for at least trying it because you literally just this year had a guy in Devin Hester get in the Hall of Fame for what he did as a kickoff returner. So clearly people perceive that play as having value. The way the rules are set up now, it has no value because it is not a play. It almost never happens. Forget about a good one, bad one. It almost never happens. So get it back in the game. Try it and see if you do something safer. And the only reason not to do it is, oh, we don't like to acknowledge any other leagues exist. But again, the XFL never was a legit competitor to the NFL. They've never tried to be legit contender the xfl to the nfl this is different than in the 80s where the usfl had an instant replay and the instant replay they held off on because ah, we don't want to look like the usfl we don't want to have a two-point conversion because that's what the usfl did there's no reason to do that with this particular kickoff try it see for a year if it works i hope they do all right time for us to hit the bulldog beat the fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, first time like 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Baloo, presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent. All right, so if you're a dog fan, the number one thing for you, I'm sure, for the next few years is get back to the playoff, consistently contend for championships, What's the path going to look like to get there? We know the answer for the next two years. The question is, what about 2026 and beyond? For the next two years, it's the 12-team setup. You've got the four champions that get the bye. Then you've got four teams hosting on campus. And then you've got four teams that will be on the road going against teams five through eight. That's only the structure through 25. Well, now it looks like they're closing in on what the 2026 and beyond structure is going to be. According to multiple reports, including Yahoo, ESPN, it looks like they're headed for a 14-team playoff. That's been talked about, but the structure now, a little different. Three spots for the SEC, three spots for the Big Ten, two for the ACC and the Big 12, one for a group of five champion, and then three at largest. So that would be Notre Dame, and two other teams, potentially, that could get that at large. There had been a lot of talk that the SEC and the Big Ten wanted four spots. That never seemed super likely, and and this is now where they've kind of settled, apparently, as a negotiation. SEC gets three, Big Ten gets three, ACC, Big 12 each get two. What's interesting about this to me is that this is now perceived as the SEC and the Big Ten flexing, throwing their weight around a little bit. You're getting the Big 12 and the ACC to publicly acknowledge those conferences have more to offer than us. To me, if you're the ACC, you're the winner here, not the SEC. Does there, is there anybody who looks at the SEC, the programs that were already in the SEC, the programs that you're adding to the SEC, is there anybody that looks at the SEC and does not think out of the group of teams that are currently in the SEC, that if you had 12 at largest, three would get in? Anybody think that? 14 at largest. 
anybody think that you wouldn't get three SEC teams in every single year? I mean, for Pete's sake, you've literally had multiple times SEC teams play for the title, two, for the title. You're telling me you need to twist arms and negotiate to find a way to get one more in guaranteed in 14 teams? No, sir. The SEC will have three whether or not they have it negotiated or not. On the other hand, the ACC, take a look at them and say, wait a minute now. This past year, you would have had what? FSU for sure. And then who? Who's that second team that belongs in? Louisville? That's who made their title game. Would it have been Clemson? Not likely. Like, who who was a worthy playoff participant this year other than FSU from the ACC? And you say, well, that's one year. No, no, no. Go back and look. Go back and look. How many years in recent years has the ACC been a one-team conference? It's been, most of the time, Clemson the last few years. And then maybe somebody else was okay. If anybody wins here, to me, it's not the SEC or the Big Ten. It's the ACC. Now, the ACC is more than capable of having two teams be good enough. There's no reason FSU and Clemson or FSU and Miami or maybe a Louisville here or there or North Carolina or something. There's no reason they couldn't have two teams be good, be high level at the same time. But recent history says it's a whole less likely in in that conference, a whole lot less likely than in the SEC. So this thing is being portrayed as all the SECs really got in their way. I don't know. But if you're a dog, all you have to do is look at it and say, okay, three guaranteed spots. Can you be in the top three in the SEC every year? I think you feel pretty good about that. And, oh, yeah, even if somehow you aren't, three more at-large spots where you could very easily be fourth or maybe even fifth best, depending on what some other conferences have done, and you could still get in. I'm not going to tell you Georgia's guaranteed to make the playoff every year. Everybody could stumble, have a year where you just didn't find a quarterback or the quarterback got hurt early in the year or some weakness showed up you just never saw coming. You hire Brian Schottenheimer as your offensive coordinator, say. It can happen. But, man, you look at this structure, and if you're a Georgia fan, and I said eight out of ten playoffs beginning in 2026, yes or no, I don't think I'd find a lot of fans who would say no. Road Dog, you tell me. With that structure, three guaranteed SEC spots, three more spots that conceivably could be an SEC spot. As a dog fan, if I asked you eight of ten for the playoffs, would you accept that right now or would you think you could do better? Which way are you going? I think you're good. I mean, at the level Kirby is recruiting, the the competition that he – uh, has I, he's going to be in, like you said, most more years than not. Yes, you can stumble. But if you're telling me there's three guaranteed spots for the SEC, so what do you, you're taking what? Uh, the, the two teams that were probably in the SEC championship, because that's one and two. And then the third and, and then, yeah, you're probably going to get the fourth and maybe the fifth. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I honestly think most dog fans would be like, yeah, we can do better than eight of 10. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that deal because that means I'm giving away two spots. I might go 10 of 10, Klein. I, I might go 10 of 10. And I think if you're a dog fan, I think you have a reason to believe you could with the level. Again, as long as things stay as they are, Kirby, his recruiting, his development, you could go 10 of 10 and making the playoff with this structure. I genuinely believe that. 
And that doesn't mean you're going to win all of them. I'm not saying that. I'm just about being, yeah, I in, yeah. being in the mix. I think you could go 10 to 10. This just, thing just is get in set the door. up for the dogs. It really is. So uh, take it for what it's worth. It hasn't passed yet, but that's where multiple reports say this thing is headed. One thing also, by the way, quickly for college football that they're expressing some concern about is what's going to happen with the Army-Navy game. Army-Navy has had the week to itself, but now you've got all these new games that you're creating with this playoff structure, and they're trying to figure out, okay, so where can we put these games? And so now the bowl games that have played the week after Army-Navy, they're saying, we're going to probably have to move some of those games up and play them the week of Army-Navy. So now the question is, okay, well, is there a way to at least, if you can't protect the game and give it its own day, can you at least protect the time window? Can you at least schedule around it? But if that's the case, then you're going to need cooperation from networks that have nothing to do with the Army-Navy game. That's a CBS thing. Most of these bowls are on ESPN. Are they going to cooperate? I got to also say, too, do we start to see some teams just say, yeah, we're just not going to bowls. It's just, it's not worth it. Because what's the story on bowl games, right? The story on bowl games historically is, it's worth doing because of the extra practice time you get. Even if you're going to some obscure bowl that nobody is that excited about, you're getting 10, 15 extra practices, get a chance to see some young players do some stuff. If you're a coach and you're trying to deal with the transfer portal and you may be dealing with a signing period that's earlier than it was before, so it's right like two weeks before your bowl game to a week and a half before your bowl game, I think you're going to see some schools that just say, Hey, man, if we're playing mid-December, yeah, the 13th, we're not even getting but like six more practices. What's the point? TV exposure? We're not getting real TV exposure anybody cares about there. It's one thing when you get TV exposure, when you're the only game playing on a Saturday or you're the only game on a Tuesday night in primetime, that's some exposure. If they shove a whole collection of New Mexico Bowls and Camellia Bowls and whatever, like shove like a half dozen of those games up to Army-Navy weekend, you're not getting any meaningful exposure there. So if you're one of those people that says, ah, there's too many bowls, I want them to go away, I, I think you're going to see it because I think you're going to see some schools just start to say, yeah, I don't know that it's really worth it to us to go play in these bowls. And if that's the case, at some point, either they're going to have to start taking teams with worse records than they already do, or they're going to have to just acknowledge reality and say, yeah, it's probably time to trim this back at least a little bit when it comes to the bowls. All right, coming up. There was a story that I was amused by before. It didn't affect me one way or the other. Probably didn't affect you either unless you had banking in Tulsa as part of your schedule one particular week. But it took a new turn for the absurd. We'll let you hear exactly how. Coming up here on 6A, the fan, 93.7 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. 
When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Here on 680 The Fan and 93.7 FM. Heath Klein in for Buck for a few more minutes today. And make sure when you tune in later on, you can uh, hear Tony Schiavone there on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line with Nick and Chris. They're going to have a fun time, I'm sure, with that coming up in just a little bit. Hawks in action tonight, by the way. Was that the Hawks game the other day? It's the uh, Hawks and the Nets on the road tonight. So we'll see how it goes as they take to the road Coming off a 17 and 27 point wins without Trey. So, you know, look, you, you don't want to draw big conclusions off of two games because some guys are getting to play that haven't played before and teams are having to look at different patterns. DeJounte Murray's being used in a different way. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the other night, the Jazz, you just sometimes can see really early in a game, a team is not into it that day. I don't know about the Jazz. They're not good to begin with. I don't know if they spent a little too much time enjoying Atlanta nightlife the night before or if they just weren't in the mood for some reason. Who knows? Whatever it was, it was just one of those nights you could tell right away, yeah, the Hawks are going to win, and the Hawks are going to win pretty easy. This is just not a team that mentally or physically looks engaged in this game. Although, to be fair to the Hawks or to the uh, Jazz, if I had to wear those jerseys, I wouldn't be that engaged either. Those things were brutal. And by the way... The Jazz have a Jordan logo on their jersey. If you didn't look at those jerseys, if you didn't watch the Hawks, the Jazz, I I get it. I understand. But seriously, the Jazz have a Jordan logo on their jersey. Not a Nike swoosh, a Jordan logo. A dude denied you your best chance ever in franchise history at a championship, and you let them put it on your jersey? Are you kidding me? Like, how did that happen? Regardless, the Jazz were not into it. Hawks took advantage, looked great, 27-point win. So, yeah, it's a good start. We'll see now on the road what they do without Trey Young tonight. But Kobe Bufkin in that game got a chance to play. First time I had a chance to see him play in person. And if you are a Hawks fan, and you invest the 15th pick in the draft in this guy, 15th pick, you can find someone who can play. The guys at 16, 18, and 19 have all been contributing and doing good things for their teams. So, I think justifiably so. Some people have been looking at 15 saying hey, you couldn't get somebody who could help a, a little bit. Probably uh, at least no worse than second player for rookie of the year was at 18. You couldn't find anything better than a dude who spends all year in College Park. But now with Bufkin up, that's something to maybe keep an eye on if you're a Hawks fan. Doing some good things there. Again, not statistically blowing you away, but you could see some things the other night. You say, okay, okay, there's something here. We'll see whether or not they could build off of that or not. Uh, we do not have a Bucks top five because we, of course, do not have Buck. But we do want to tell you that when we have a Bucks top five, it's brought to you by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Again, Hawks in action tonight, Braves in action this afternoon, split squad game, hosting the Twins. Spencer Strider, your starter for today. Hear it on the 680 The Fan app. Make sure you check that out, driven by Beaver Toyota. All right, so 
Do you know about Chief Saholic? Chief Saholic, for those unfamiliar, was an individual who wore a wolf outfit to Chiefs games. He's one of these dudes that calls himself you know, a super fan. He's not just a, a regular fan. No, no, no. He's a super fan. And he built this whole image and brand for himself with his online presence and wearing his wolf suit. And he made a big deal about how he would gamble and win. And, and that was kind of how he was showing off his lifestyle. And you know, he, he made a big thing about donating to charity, too. And so he became, along the way, a known figure in the Chiefs community. And then... Suddenly, he kind of disappeared off the radar for a little bit. People were worried. Like, hey, we haven't heard from Chief Zaholic. What's going on? And it turned out the answer was, well, he's in jail for robbing a bank. And then it turned out that, well, he'd robbed more banks, apparently. And so it turned into this whole wild saga. He won a couple of bets on the Chiefs, bets he had placed, apparently, before he got busted in November. He had been busted for the bank robbery. Bets he had placed earlier came in. And so the dude cut his ankle monitor and took off. So now you've got this guy who's known for wearing a wolf suit to Chiefs games on the run from the feds with a hundred grand apparently to try and stay on the lamb. But they caught him in California, brought him back. And yesterday he finally pled guilty to some of the charges against him. It was a negotiated settlement down on the charges. There were 20 charges. He pled to three specific charges. But he's facing decades in prison still as a result of what he did. Because, again, according to the feds, he robbed seven different banks. And then there was other stuff involved, too. So yesterday, his attorney stepped up to the podium to explain the magic of Chief Saholic. If I, I don't want to do too much selling for this other than to say, if somehow you trained an AI chatbot to try and imitate a human lawyer, this might be what it would have sounded like. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Okay. Whatever. You want to do a football analogy? Okay. I I guess. Kind of kind of weak, but I guess that was not the end, unfortunately. The next part, you not only see as tortured a football analogy as you're ever going to get, but well, hear the end for yourself. If the Chiefs kingdom knows anything about Chiefsaholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. You'll rally to his support because his his knee didn't touch down or so. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> rally to his? What is there to support? He was he was a dude who robbed a bunch of banks to finance a lifestyle that otherwise he had no way of attaining. He got caught. He lied a whole lot about it. Like rally to his support. <laughs> 
are they supposed to write the judge and say, oh, come on, judge, don't give him a, don't give him a stiff sentence. He wore a wolf suit to football games. Come on. Wolf suit. You can't hate a guy in a wolf suit. I mean, what was that? Um, we'll see whether or not the Chiefs rally behind Chief Saholic, but call me crazy. I'm, I'm just going to guess that they're willing to move on from Chief Saholic and just let somebody else be the wacky celebrity fan for the Chiefs. Uh, that is the story from there. That one you could put the wraps on, although, again, it's it's ridiculous. I would encourage you. ESPN did a whole little uh, documentary on it if you want to get a laugh out of it. Keep an eye on what goes on over the course of the day. Again, the uh, betting numbers, as we mentioned, surged last night and into today on Justin Fields. Everybody's at the combine. Could there be news? Sure. There's always a chance as the day goes on, there could be some kind of news with regards to anything about a trade for Fields, whether it's Falcons or anybody else. Uh, last year when the Bears did their trade, it was after the combine when they made their deal out of the number one pick. But their GM has publicly said, we're going to get this done if we do trade Fields. We're going to get it done before free agency. So it is not out of the question something could happen as the day goes on. Will it? I would not bet on it, literally or figuratively. Whatever happens, the guys on Domino and Cellini will be talking all about it with you here and they are coming up next. Big thanks to Road Dog and David Holloway for producing the program. Thanks to you for listening. Buck is back tomorrow. Nick and Chris coming up at 680 The Fan, 93.7 FM. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.